0: This is Haunted America Radio. With your host, Al Shepard. And now, Haunted America Radio. So my guest today is Sunshine, the pink-haired medium. As you can see, did you dye your hair like just in the last few days just for this so Uh, okay it's
1: been a couple couple of weeks
0: anyway i got a question for you but i'll wait um so she describes herself as a psychic medium soul healer spiritual advisor shadow worker eclectic witch practiced magician recovering alcoholic and founder of sunshine readings and in her spare time when she's not doing all that you will find her dancing cooking painting and hanging out with her five kitties in the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. All right, so my first question is, well, first of all, my first question was, how the heck do you text through your computer? Um, but you can tell me that after. So the second question is, if you ever get the inkling to change your hair color, do you have to like change your whole business name and everything?
1: You know, uh, yes, I suppose I would have to, but I'm pretty like committed. I'm pretty okay. committed to the pink. I've had it for um I I dyed it after I when I went into recovery. Mm-hmm. So I you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic and like a month after it became pink and so it's kind of a signature look with me being sober.
0: So Okay. And how long have you been sober?
1: Four years today.
0: There you go. Today? <laughs> today. Oh, I hit just the right day. Cool. Yeah, awesome. You did. Mm-hmm. All right. Good luck to you. I am thank you. Let's see. How, how long am I now? Uh, I am 31 years now.
1: Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> so, Congrats on that.
0: No, wait a minute. 31, 21, 92, eight. Oh, 31. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm older. than I thought, damn. So if I die on you, just, you know, if I fall over, just continue the conversation. Somebody right, will, will get there. Somebody will get the recording later. Um, <laughs> For those of you just joining me, this is my very first episode in 14 years of Haunted America Radio, and what you see is what you get. I am not a professional radio host. In fact, I always consider myself to be the the weak link of the whole show, Um, but what I am is a guy that is curious. I have all kinds of uh, questions that I would like answered, and I figured if I'm going to get answers... The best place to go to is experts. And if I'm going to get those great answers, then I'm assuming there's at least one person in the world that has the same uh, question as I do. And why not share that answer with them so they don't have to go through all the work that I do? So anyway, that's why we are here. So let's start at the beginning here. Um, All of this started when you started when you got sober, right?
1: Yeah, the business uh, part of me getting sober about three months in, three or four months in, um, I sat around the tables. I got sober through AA and I sat around the tables and a lot of people would talk about going to church and going to church every week and how it was a part of their sobriety. And I was like, I don't have a church. I'm, you know, you read my description. I'm a witch. So so I was like, what do I do? What can I do every week? And I started to give away readings every week uh, for free. And as a way to help in my own recovery and sobriety and had no plans at that point to do this professionally uh, but yeah it come people started asking i've I've been using my gifts since I was a child but okay, yeah that was
0: my next question is mm-hmm. when did you first find out you had gifts?
1: Yeah I would say I was probably around the age of 16 or seventeen when I recognized that there was like I was able to see, like I was able mm-hmm. to get things. But as an adult, when I've looked back as a, and looked at my childhood, I've realized I have a lot of memories that now I'm realizing were psychic visions or, you know, psychic experience. But you don't recognize it. Like I can mind read. Um, and so it got me in a lot of trouble as a kid. I'll bet. Yeah, you know, like, saying things I shouldn't have said, knowing things I shouldn't have known,
0: mm-hmm. you know, and,
1: like, reacting and acting according to that, you know? Um, yeah, so... Lot, all my life, but, yes, uh, professionally, the last four years, uh, but I first really started acknowledging them when I was about 16, 17.
0: Yeah. So, were your gifts genetic? Do your parents or grandparents or anybody have gifts? You
1: know, I... You know, it's interesting... Um genetics of uh, like implies like this you know the science mm-hmm. and dna and all of that kind of stuff and so i don't know that it was genetic as much as ancestral okay right? like, yes my ancestors the actual energy. yes my uh grandmother was a psychic medium um she actually referred to it as talking to the angels when she was around
0: uh, mm-hmm.
1: so she, very much so uh, many of my mom's mom and her sisters Um, but the unfortunate thing is with my mom for example you don't like if you truly don't have someone to like that believes in this stuff to like nurture you and take you under your wing it's very easy to be labeled crazy and the very unfortunate truth Mm is my mom was labeled crazy many times in her life you Mm -hmm. know because of these suspicions and you know these psychic visions that people just thought were wild and
0: yeah. well, ridiculous. Well, you know, yeah. what, 400 years ago they'd probably burn her at the stake as a witch, you know? So. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so what I found interviewing people, it seems like there's like two ways people get these psychic abilities and stuff, and either you're born with it or you have a near-death experience, I guess. Those of us who are psychic as a as a rock um or a box of crayons um who would like to have that gift just it's not like i mean i've heard plenty of them say yes everyone is psychic but i haven't seen any proof of that no matter how hard i try in my life so (laughs) i'm not sure if i believe that or not
1: yeah you know i I believe everyone is in my the way that i explain it is not everyone understands how it shows up for them and so people think that you know often that when you think of psychic psychicism you know they think of clairvoyance they think of the ability to see like you're going to see pictures like you're going to see images mm-hmm. but our psychic abilities can happen in in other ways um you can do it through sight and through hearing right so people do get auditory you know psychic uh messages but the big way that i find a lot of people have it show up for them um when they're not able to truly recognize it is through um the version called clairsentience like the feel yeah right or uh claircognizance which is just like this is what people would equate to like i just knew it was just a gut feeling Mm -hmm. right that's that's a psychic ability uh it's the most frustrating one though because it's not easy to validate. Right. Yeah. If I see a picture, I can describe to someone, "Oh, I'm being shown a, a fire truck," right? Like, what does this mean? And we can get to validation. But if I'm just like, "Uh, your son's gonna be a fireman," you know, and they're like, I, "What? Hi, like, you know, like it's it's kind of hard to believe and comprehend," you know, and it's easier to equate that to luck. Yeah. Right. Oh, they just guessed it. And like, mm, okay, yeah, sure. But they guessed right. I mean, and if they did it over and over again, they would guess right a majority of the time. Right?
0: Exactly. So I don't even know where to start with you. you got so many different uh, titles here that they're running right off my page. Um, (laughs) So let's, let's just take them one at a time. Psychic medium. For those who don't know, what does a psychic medium do? I've heard of psychics. I've heard of mediums. And I watched a show the other night that said, "Every how is it? Every medium's a psychic, but not every psychic's a medium." So, yeah. so explain the yeah. difference to those people that don't know.
1: Yeah, like no, me. I think that's a a, a good question. Um, so, a psychic is an individual that is going to gain insights into things that they normally wouldn't know through their psychic abilities, right? So, we we're just talking about some of the psychic abilities, clairvoyance audience, sentience, clear cognizance. there's one for scent and taste and a number of other like psychic abilities, the telepathy, the mind reading is one of them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And so that's a psychic, somebody that's able to use these six senses in order to gain information that they would not otherwise know, right? A medium is an individual that connects to energy on the other side of the veil, energy within the ethers, energy within, you know, the heavens or, you know, the other dimensions, however you want to refer to it, right? And the reason why it's the statement that you heard, right, is that mediums use their psychic abilities to gain those messages from the other side of the veil, right? They use their, so they may get pictures, they may hear things, they may feel things, right? Like I'll actually sometimes have you know a, a loved one sit in me they'll like literally sit and i can feel their ailments and how they passed um but the reason why they say not every psychic is a medium it's usually most often by choice yeah. meaning it is actually very overwhelming to connect to the other side
0: right I- I imagine it's like a party line. There's like a million people there that want to come through. <laughs> it, it's, it's, like, it's, oh, she it's, can hear us.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like a party line. It's also like, um, you know, when you're connecting in that way, it, you're also more likely to pick up on spirits just in general. So imagine walking into a, imagine walking into, I don't know, a McDonald's and there are 10 people standing in line. Well if you're a medium and you're highly sensitive to all of the it's not 10 people. It's probably I don't know, 50, 100 three, you know, I, let me put it to you this way. I you know, one of the descriptors you read was a I'm a I'm a witch. And I was in a spiritual program last year, and one of the rituals that we did the the um you know, high priestess in the program did this. I don't remember what the name of it, but they call to the angels, all of the circles of angels. It's a total of like 375 angels. And I'm like, I'm like, and we, and and when you take, when you start this program, you don't know what they're going to do. You're kind of like blind to it. And so I'm sitting there and she, she explains what she's about to do. And I'm like, oh no. Right. Because here we're in this room. There's already 35 of us. And I'm like there this is not going to fit 375 more beings. And I literally just watched as she called each of their names, them just show, and I'm like by the end I was so hot and so overwhelmed. Right? Cuz at that point it's not just like grandma. You know, it's an archangel. Yeah. And the choir thing. Yeah. It was it was a lot. <laughs>
0: it's, so it's a lot. she being the teacher of this thing had no idea what she was about to unleash or what
1: she knew what she didn't was care. Yeah. It's a little bit of that. Like she knew, she knew the, here's the thing. And you know, unless someone is going to educate themselves on the experiences of a psychic in a medium, they may not realize that when they do something like that, what it does, like, because it's just, and that's just not a comment. Like, you know, You throw a party nowadays, you're like, hey, are you a vegetarian, right? Hey, do you eat gluten? Hey, but like nobody's like, hey, are you a medium? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, is this going to be awkward? And so at the end of that night, the ritual that particular uh, day was really intense, very intense. And I was so like toasted by about eight o'clock and they're like, we're going to go to a bonfire. It was in like this beautiful campground. We're going to go over to a bonfire and we're going to call the aliens now. And I'm like, Nope, I'm out.
0: (laughs) Five night enough.
1: (laughs) I "I am done. I don't need anybody else showing up here today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, Uh, I was. So soul healer. What is that?
1: Yeah. Um, That's a good one. So I, I do healing. I'm a Reiki master too. So I, but I I do a lot of the healing. Now I got
0: to add that to the title. I know, I know.
1: A lot of the healing that I do though is on a soul level, right? And so I believe that we have past lives. And throughout these past lives, we can have trauma that we've experienced. We could, you know, make agreements with our own selves that we don't mean. Like, there's all sorts of things that we can do. And so, as I go and navigate with people into their past lives, if I find the the um, the need to provide healing, right, Reiki healing,
0: mm-hmm. I will actually
1: step in and provide healing, cut contracts, anything of that nature, in order to allow the soul really to be in their highest vibrational state possible.
0: That's what I've been focusing on for the last week is uh, past lives. So I will mm. get back. I will get back to that subject in a minute. <laughs> um, shadow worker. What is that?
1: Yeah. So you know, I think if if any any of your audience is familiar with which you know witches, witchcraft, they're going to be familiar with the term shadow. But this was a term that was coined by Carl Jung. The belief that we have a shadow, every individual has a shadow within their psyche and that this is, these are things that we are actually repressing of ourselves, of our own individual selves, of our own identity, right? And so a shadow worker basically takes the work and steps into those shadows to identify them and brings them up into the light so that they don't actually, you know, aren't a detriment to us anymore, you know? And so uh, I'll, I'll just give you an example. Um You know, if you've got someone, uh, you know, my business, for an example, when I first started and I told you I would go live Mm -hmm. and I'd I'd go and I'd do these one card readings, um, I'd never been live before. I was afraid. I was afraid of people seeing me. I was afraid of people actually knowing that I identified as a witch and as a psychic. I had fears behind it. It made me uncomfortable. Right. But yeah. it's actually something that's very, like, core to who I am now. So I faced that shadow, brought it into the light, and, and like, walked through the fears and, and, you know, ended up on the other side. So as a shadow worker, I do that for myself, but I also will help clients dig into their own kind of, like, psyche, look through things. You know, like, art it's a shadow for a reason, because we've hidden it. Yep. Yeah. It's usually yep. uncomfortable. It's usually usually revolves around fear, shame, or guilt.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. I can see why it would want to be hidden in the shadows. Yeah. So tell me the difference between an eclectic witch and a regular witch.
1: Um, I don't know that there's like going to be a huge difference between... I don't know that there's such a thing maybe as a regular witch. But a lot of times, witches will attach additional labels to the term of witch to help better, like... Help people better understand kind of their flavor, right?
0: You mean like good witch and bad witch?
1: Kind of. It's more so like <laughs> it'll be like I'm a green witch, I'm a kitchen witch, I'm an herb witch, I'm a um, water witch, I'm a, like things of this nature because they may work with a particular element, they may work with a particular like deity, they may work in a particular style, like good witch, you know, black witch, somebody that's, you know, comfortable being in the the darker arts you know white witch somebody that's you know stays completely in the light um i i identify i've I've identified for a long time as an eclectic gray witch and that means i i walk the line i don't believe life is as clear as black and white i don't Mm -hmm. think it's easy to say if i'm going to do magic that something is good or bad i mean good the words good and bad are, are completely a subjective you know depending upon who the individual that says it right down. Um eclectic means I will pull from anything if if my own intuition and my guides say to pull from you know Jewish mysticism I'm going to pull from Jewish myst- if I need from Nordic you know traditions I'm pull you know if I'm if it's voodoo I'll pull like and there's people that are not a fan of that right if my guides tell me to pull or to use or to you know that's what I will do so that's That's what the term eclectic witch means, is my magic is very much so um, uh, a variety of flavors.
0: Okay. So now you've got me wondering what a kitchen witch does. I mean, do they cook really cool stuff or what?
1: Yeah. I mean, a kitchen (laughs) witch is typically going to be someone... I'll I'll give you... You know, think about... um, This is a very adorable example. I, I had a partner. He's... He's passed away at this point. Um, But he had this really adorable thing that he used to always do. And we'd be out for a restaurant. And when we would order, he would always say, you know, I want the hamburger and fries. Okay, anything else? And his response would be like, yeah, can you make it with love? Make sure it's made with love. (laughs) <laughs> so like it sounds very simple to say but that would be like a kitchen witch somebody that as they are cooking are literally putting intentions they may be making chicken noodle soup because you know their kids are sick and they're putting that intention into the soup to say that they get better and they're relieved of their you know their cold and their ailment right uh, they're typically going to be somebody that is using their their altar their tools are everything within the kitchen and that's how they do their magic and their healing
0: So like the, what is it, boil, boil, toil, and trouble with the big cauldron and everything? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I
1: mean, they could. Most uh, most kitchen witches nowadays would say that they have like a crock pot and an Instapot, you know?
0: (laughs) It's easier than heating that big cauldron. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Somebody needs to make a movie about that. I want to see a witch instead of using a calder and using an Instapot instead.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, um, it might be a good one. That might be a good one.
0: I'll
1: take that <laughs> note down. Get to write in a script.
0: Oh, let's see. What else? What do we got next? Okay. Practiced magician. Yeah. Now, I did a little bit of magic myself when I was an alcoholic because, I mean, I could make a lot of booze disappear back then. So, um what the, so? I don't even know where to go from here with that. Um. So you do like I, ma- magic shows, or yeah, or uh, you, so, you walk up the sidewalk and uh, throw throw cards against the window, and they show yeah, well, up on I, the inside? Or
1: it's it's so funny because not everybody understands. Like the magician, when you think of like a hand magician, absolutely. Yep. But magician is also an esoteric occult term. Yeah. A magician themselves are are going to be um, much more practiced in understanding in like alchemy.
0: Okay.
1: Right. Uh, And things of that nature. They typically are going to have some kind of background in like hermetic arts. So I've done a lot of study of like the gold, the order of the golden dawn, Aleister Crowley and things of that nature. So that's once again, it's like, I, you know, it's, it's funny that the, all the titles, it's so true. But so there's such a like plethora of the ways that people identify, so it's like how do you help people understand that they can relate to you if you're not using the the language that they understand, right? So some people no issue to under, would understand by a eclectic witch. Other people only would understand and, and resonate with the magician part,
0: right? I can see, so, yeah, because when you think magician, most people think illusionist. They yeah. don't think of someone who practices actual magic as yeah. being a magician, like Merlin, the magician. That's not yeah. what people ever think about. So No,
1: no. But, you know, it's it's funny. I'll just share what the thought that popped into my head. You know, my, my guides are always kind of chatting with me. That's the reason that the word magician, that's exactly why it fits, is because people don't think of it. Right, mm-hmm. like part of the magician, like the magical Merlin, they actually don't want to be known. There's a lot of, you know, if you think about the Order Templar, you know, the um the knights of the round table, uh, the Masons, the, you know, all of these, there's a whole ton of like various different orders that still exist today that people don't realize these orders are practicing magicians.
0: Okay. I got a friend of mine who's been in the Masons forever. And and I've always been told you you can't just join you you have to be invited. Yep. And I've dropped more than one hint over the years <laughs> that I'd like to be invited, and I never was.
1: <laughs> yep. So um, it's a uh, it's yeah it's uh, it's very interesting that I've never gotten down the Mason path, but there is a um, an order of the Templar that's here local in the detroit area that I've, I've i've had been on a couple of calls with but I'm, i i i operate by myself more often mm-hmm. i'm not a big fan of when people tell me i have to do things a certain way
0: <laughs> gee i wonder the pink hair made me think of that already so yeah okay um let's see what else we got here uh, so you said you're a reiki master and you're a recovering alcoholic we've covered that um so I expect at some point you're going to send me video of you dancing with five kitties in your house somewhere, because we're not going to believe that if we don't see it. Um, yeah, okay. I totally
1: can. I've got some. Um, <laughs> my uh, my belly button birthday was this past Thursday, so we actually had a party on Saturday and had karaoke, and I danced in my backyard. So yeah, I got that for you.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll stick right, we'll stick that right in here. Okay insert dancing clip here. Okay. Um, (laughs) All right. Um, Past lives. Um, That's, I mean, I started this show back in 2009. My co-host was a, uh, the president of Berkshire Paranormal. So this show started out as your typical ghost investigating show you know we're we're looking at orbs and we're looking at spirit photos and we're looking at all this and that's all great but I always felt myself being drawn more toward not so much the ghost that's haunting a house but what happens to all these people who have successfully crossed over and what goes on there what goes on in the afterlife so I started reading um it's books by uh, a book by Sarah Estep, who uh, sat in her office and just recorded EVPs for like 10 minutes a day, and eventually she started getting people to answer her, and this went on for 20 years, where she published numerous books of just this group called Time Stream on the other side telling her all about what was happening basically in heaven. Um, so that got me going down that path. And now, since I've resurrected the show here, I'm doing some more uh, digging. And I uh, run across uh, this past lives re- regression, hypnosis, and then the LBL, the life between lives, which, uh, for those who don't know, was basically after you lived a life You go back into the soul world and meet up with your group and figure out, okay, what's my next life gonna be like? And that's the stuff that fascinates me, which I'm getting ready to book a hypnosis session myself because I wanna learn more about that firsthand. Um, So one thing I've been trying to work on is figure out how to contact my spirit guides. I'm told everyone has at least one, following them around and helping them out. And I've asked for help and uh, just wondering in your opinion, how, what's the best way for someone to go about contacting that, that guide and having a conscious conversation with them or something?
1: That's a, it's a good question. Um, you know, I mean, I help a lot. I mentor a lot of people to do, you know, kind of just this. And it is a challenging answer to give a blank statement to. Yeah. And I, and I, I mean, I'll give it, but I'll, I'll, I want to explain why. And so, mm-hmm. as I said, I believe everybody has psychic abilities. So the first thing that I do when, when somebody truly wants to engage and figure out how to do this, I'm going to find out what your strongest psychic ability is first, right? Okay. And from there, I'm then going to give you guidance on how to leverage that psychic ability to try to connect and hear right from the other side. Um let me ask you this. Do you dream?
0: Not very often.
1: Not very often.
0: Nope. Not I mean sometimes I'll have one. Um there's one dream that, that pops up maybe every ten years or so of just a house with a tree. It's the same thing. So I don't know if that's something from a past life coming back or what but but other than that i mean now and then I'll, I'll dream some crazy stuff but most of the time it's like i'm out you know i go to sleep and all of a sudden it's time to wake up again and i don't really remember anything going on in between i'm not one of those that even when i have a dream five minutes later after i woke up it's gone and i don't remember yeah. it so but
1: remembering dreams is a skill you have to work on um, yeah
0: my uh, my ex-wife could do that she she I mean, it'd be four o'clock in the afternoon. She's still remembering her dream and telling me about it. And days later, oh. and I, I'm like, how do you do that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, I, you know, there are a number of people that are really good at it. I, not so much, but I, the way I tell people, I'm like, I, I like, I need to just sleep when I'm sleeping because otherwise it's like, I'm awake all the time. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I can connect all of the messages while I'm awake. So it's like, mm-mm. um, let me ask for a second. What would Al strongest. They tell it the same thing. Um, you get feelings. When I ask what's your strongest, you get feelings. Okay. Things show up in your body, right? Um, you don't always get the clearest message with the clear sentience, right? Cause it's a physical form. Um, so often what you have to do if you actually want to have a conversation with your spirit guide, you have to start to train it. Sounds really weird. But you almost start to train your skills where like, the you know, have a feeling on the right side, the left side of my body is something that's positive. The right side is something that's negative. If I need to pay more attention, make my right ear hurt, right? If I'm, you know, I'm in the clear. So you kind of like do this like training if you actually want to have conversations in that way. Okay. Right. You have you have to actually train um, even from like the clairvoyance and the uh, and the, the clear audience. You kind of like eventually train. Um, so I hear certain sounds to mean certain things, you know, like champagne, kind of. Probably self-explanatory champagne bottles, applause, bells, sirens, you know, things of that nature can, can mean things. Let's see. How could Al. Best connect. Do you do any type of meditation or anything like that right now?
0: I haven't. I'm I'm starting to. I'm starting to try like I'll uh I'll sit here in the recliner and then just quiet cuz I live alone now so it's easy to do. Um and I've seen people where they're talking about, you know, try to picture something in the like the middle of your forehead or something like that and normally I don't really get much of anything. It's just kind of dark.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Not everyone and and not everyone will, will, everyone wants to see things, but that's not everybody's first, like and strongest ability. And so Mm -hmm. like, I'm not a fan. It's like, I'm not a fan of trying to teach someone that's not their easiest thing to learn. Right. Um, so you're like, like I said, I asked and they're telling me you're, you're clairsentient. Um, there is, you know, meditation is really a good thing. Um, there is, I'm a big fan of using some tools. They're called binaural beats or like frequencies. So if actually, you like.
0: Actually, I have um, the collection of CDs, uh, Hemi Sync from the Monroe Institute. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, which Robert Monroe was uh, experimenting with out-of-body experiences back in the 50s and 60s. And and I had some of the people from Monroe Institute on my show before. Um, And that's basically, there's like, I don't even know, hundreds of different files putting one frequency in one ear and one in the other. So uh, yeah, okay, so I've got those You can always look
1: to see if they've got something that'll open up, like activate the pineal gland third eye, anything of that nature. Okay. And then the the next thing is just talk to them. Talk to your spirit guides. Say, hey, I'm trying to get to know you. Can you give me a name? Can you tell me more about yourself? And Mm -hmm. it may show up for you in your dreams. It could show up for you very blatant. Like it's, um, it could like very blatant, like you could be driving down the road and there's literally a, a picture of an angel and the name like Ralph next to it and you're like, oh shit, that's That's him. Okay. Like it, you know, it can be, so when, when we can't pick it up in our psychic senses easily, they show up in these weird other ways. So it can show up in like titles, license plates, TV shows, music, right? You'll be listening and you'll hear a lyric and, and all of a sudden you'll go, Oh my God, I wonder if that was my guardian angel. It was, if you were wondering, it was like a hundred percent was right. Um, so that's what I would say is try to do some of the sound stuff because your clear sentience is there. You've got the ability and what you'll do, especially like the music and the videos and the audio, any of that kind of stuff, you'll have a somatic response. You'll have a bodily response, right? That validates you. So you'll mm-hmm. hear a music, or you'll see something and you'll go, I wonder, and your body will respond to validate that it's a yes.
0: Okay. Right. So... When you want help from your guides, they're just always there. You just, you're just asking them like.
1: I'm a crazy weirdo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am like, I, I, it's funny because they they're people that know me really well expect it, but I have to preface it sometimes when people don't know me very well. Cause I'll like stop and I'll like just start this <laughs> and it's cause I'm like listening or I'm talking, you yeah. know, cause I'll have a lot of conversations, not out loud. You know, and I'm just like asking questions and trying to look at things, and you know, and there'll be times I'm like, "Hold on a second, I gotta wait, I gotta ask," you know, and then I will go. Uh, but yeah, all all of the time, all of the time. Thankfully, it's just them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, past lives in general, uh, I've been looking into hypnosis for past life regression and things like that. Um, so, do your do your spirit guides, or or do you just know? what your past lives were
1: no not just that simple so there is have you ever heard of the akashic records
0: i i've heard that yeah it's, it's somehow where everything is 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 written down for lack of a better word but yeah, a, everything yeah. is there um
1: the past present I, and the future i don't know way that much always...
0: about it but i just heard it mentioned last night i think
1: yeah, it's like a theoretical belief that there is a written etheric record of every soul's past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. I like to consider it the the biggest choose-your-own-adventure book and everything, every possibility, right? Every possibility exists there. Um, and so I always joke that every psychic can access the Akashic Records. They just don't realize that that's what they're doing when they're getting these visions and this insight, right? And so often... Um, When I work with clients, we go in for a particular situation and we'll look to see where, what past life or whatever may be ailing it, right? Somebody comes to me and they're like, hey, I've got this, um, I have a client, they had a fear of um, falling, a very irrational fear of falling, of heights. Like to the point of like, they couldn't even get their their cells across a bridge without like being in a near panic attack. And so uh, we went, we looked and we explored and, you know, I so I I pose that as the problem. My guides basically kind of almost show me like a picture show. They take me into this book, show me a picture show to the point in that past, that individual's past life that created. And so this particular client, lo and behold, I don't remember when it was, but it was a long, long, long time ago. They, in that past life, used to have to cross a land bridge on a regular basis on foot. And one point they crossed the land bridge and it it crumbled underneath their feet and they died. Oh geez, right? I mean, I can understand being afraid of heights and falling and yeah, in that. And so we, you know, once again did some healing in that, let it go. Um, much different responses. They still have to like face, you know, that little like that natural. They have years. I think they were forty six, so forty something years of that response. So they still have to face it, but it, it's not panic. It's not uh debilitating. And it, it slowly over time started to drop since that point. So from a past life, I can look and explore anything from my own. I interestingly enough, don't go into mine that often. Yeah. Be I've been done...
0: there waddling around all the time.
1: <laughs> well, it's, do I need to know something? Mm-hmm. You know, and so this past weekend, we were prepping for this month's ritual. And um, we did a, I I, I lead the kind of the group that I lead through this guided meditation. And I often lead them through the guided meditation for them, right? But I I set the meditation up because I actually wanted to spend some time in my records. Um, I had purpose. I wanted to go and find something in my past lives that was impacting me today and prohibiting me from being in my like my highest good. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And oddly enough uh, found a, and this is not the first time I've seen this life, but it was the first time I've seen this part of the story of this life. But I was a a witch and um, of a small like town. And I was the like, you know, back in the day, the, like, town witch was actually, like, the, quite often the town doctor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, the town midwife, the town, you know. And so I had a book of all the people in the town that I had helped, their names, their ailments, what I'd given them, what they, like, this, like, medical record, so to speak, you know, in today's terms. And, um, it was found and discovered. And, uh, all The majority of people whose names were in my book were accused and tried for witchcraft themselves, and many of them, their lives taken. You talked about 400 years ago burnt, being burned at the, the stake. It was a very, very horrible thing. I forget what the number is. I think it was like 250,000 witches over the course of that time frame
0: Jeez.
1: that were burned. I might be um number dyslexic on that one, but it was a big number. It was a big number.
0: Yeah. When I think of that, I just normally think about the dozen or so from Salem and and that's about all I ever think about. So that uh, wasn't really considering that it was going on like in multiple places.
1: It's pretty bad. I'd have, to, I'd have to go look. I know I've got one of the books that I've been, yeah. There's some. History Um, from 1484 until around 1750, some 200,000 witches were tortured, burned, or hung in Western Europe.
0: Jeez. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All
0: right. So yeah, so, crazy. So far, you've been answering all my questions. Is there anything that you would like to talk about? Any, anything, any messages you'd like to get out? Or as long as you're talking to your spirit guides, anything they would like to say.
1: No, that's exactly, (laughs) you're so funny, you actually got it. I'm like, I'm looking, I'm I'm literally asking them, is there anything that they would like me to share? You know, I mean, I don't know when you will finally like produce, you know, record and distribute, but I think the biggest thing is like people often think, and you're asking the question, how can you connect to your spirit guides? And people often think, and don't get me wrong, I love people working with me. I really do. I love connecting folks to their loved ones. I love, you know, sharing messages. I love bringing, you know, peace and comfort, all of that. But the biggest message when I'm asking, like, is there anything to share is like your ancestors, those loved ones, those folks that have like crossed over and are on the other side, they're there. They're, they're there looking at you. They're there watching you. They're there protecting you. They're there cheering you on, right? And if you talk to them, if you purely like reach out, talk, communicate Just, you know, as though, as though, you know, they were still standing right next to you, you will eventually get the validation that they hear you. It will happen, you know, and it might not happen in like you hear them respond, but it might be in a bird, in a song, in a movie that, you know, oh my God, now at the big marquee, they're replaying your favorite movie, right? Like those are these messages. And now during this time of the year, Um, And then again, on the other hand, when we hit this point of the year between um, fall and winter and uh, between spring and summer, the veil thins. Okay. And so now are beautiful times. If you want to connect, you want to work on, you know, contacting your spirit. This is such an amazing time to try to do it.
0: So, So it's not a coincidence that. Halloween or All Hallows' Eve happens to be right here in the middle of all that.
1: Oh, no, not at all. Um, The veil, in essence, kind of thins, starts thinning about the beginning of October and then, um, you know, kind of brings itself back up at the end of November.
0: Okay. Okay. So that's good to know. Um, I had another question for you and it went right out of my head while I was uh, listening to you. Let me go back to my beginnings then. Uh, haunted houses and things. Do you ever have anything to do with those, in investigating or being called in to?
1: I'm determined. So I've actually got the call out. I've got my assistant looking, trying to see if I can find some folks around here in in Michigan. Um, I didn't. I as i said i got sober four years ago and if you remember something else that happened four years ago it was the covid and the pandemic right and so i didn't that really would...
0: notice much because i didn't even miss a day of work the whole through that whole thing my life changed did not change at all except my i partner, had to wear a right... stupid mask that was the only yeah, thing that my changed.
1: partner was a chef in a restaurant in the same damn thing he said he didn't get a day off didn't get to go mm-hmm. home nothing no still mm-hmm. still the same um, but there weren't, you know, like it, people weren't going out and doing the, the investigating and things of that nature. And so right. now, um, since more and more folks have started returning back, opened up and exploring, I want to, I've done, um, there was a place here in Michigan that had like a, it was haunted, old haunted jail. Um, and I went and it did like a group, like a public event, but it was too many people. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is not. I can't I'm not picking up I can't I, I can't differentiate between yeah. somebody else's and something that's supposed to be here.
0: I think those um, are for show when you get 30 40 people all at the same event. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, it's something that I'm I'm determined to do. Now, I have done remote so I've had a number of clients that have actually contacted me that they they've used me for other service, mm-hmm. and I've gone in and done remote viewing to find out what's in their home, right? What kind of spirit, what kind of entity, or things of that nature uh, are around, but um, have not had the opportunity. I'm hoping, hoping here in the the next year that uh, I'll find someone to be able to go do some stuff with.
0: Yeah, that yeah. sounds. I would think that there would be plenty of pe- plenty of places up there where you're at, just because it's of the age of the place and everything else. Um,
1: yeah, we have a number of areas in in, in in the state of Michigan. You know, I'm not far from Ohio, and you go all and you even go into like the Ohio and Pennsylvania. There's a lot. You know what? The craziest craziest experience for me ever. Like I've had two of these instances that were just kind of mind blowing to me, driving. So driving through the Pennsylvania mountains, this was like a year and a half ago, I think. And um, it was like hitting dusk and I was driving and all of a sudden we get to like this certain point, And all of a sudden I watch the whole area shift into like a battlefield and I'm watching the whole battle and I'm watching all of this stuff like this huge battle happen around me. And I'm like, this is I'm not a history buff. I have no clue about
0: history. There's some some cool stuff. I have
1: no clue. But yeah. And so I'm like, I was like, I was like, you know, I'm like kind of shaken because I'd literally been driving, I think for four hours at that point. And I'm like, I was like, I don't know what just happened. I told my, my partner and they're like, what? And so we talked about it. But the next day we end up, end up in an antique shop. And I asked the woman, I said, hey, by the way had there ever been any battles or anything around here? And I guess right where we were at was one of the, like, the biggest and gnarliest battles within the, um, what was it, the War of 19, not 19, 1412? I don't know. There's some war. There's some big war up in that Eight, Pennsylvania
0: 1812.
1: area. 1812? 1812. There you go. Thank you. Um, so that was a really crazy one. And uh, the only way I can explain that is that I, like, drove through a haunt. Right, That's mm-hmm. the only thing I can I can I, you know uh, explain. And then I had another one <laughs> driving in Rhode Island. Yep. And driving on this like road, and all of a sudden a hurricane came through and wiped everything out. And I was like, we were on my on the way to a friend's house, and like finally get there. And I asked him, and I guess. I don't remember when it was, but the area that I described was hit, I think 25 years ago by a major like category five or whatever hurricane that wiped it wiped like a mile and a half stretch completely like leveled it. And so again, right. This weird haunt. It just So strange. Yeah.
0: So yeah. strange.
1: So those are, those are the only two that I've like. And once again, I think it's because I'm not paying attention at all. Not expecting it that they just popped up. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: well, Pennsylvania, um, you've got a lot of battles going there, especially with the American Civil War and and things like that. So, um, and the Revolutionary War as well. So you got you got quite the potential there. To...
1: Well, this is what I I've since and um, my my partner and I are starting. I'd watched it probably about four years, five years ago, maybe the Ghost Adventures. Yeah. And we're, we started. Like, that was with a, somebody I used, and that, so I started watching it again with the, the gentleman I'm uh, dating now. And that reminded me because they've got a number of locations that they're hanging out in that they mm-hmm. hit up in Pennsylvania. Yep. And so that was like a real. Oh, okay, yeah. That's yep. Okay. And they're talking a lot more about the history.
0: So my uh, my old co-host from when this was a radio show, like I said, he's the president of Berkshire Paranormal. He's also a Mason. And the Mason's Lodge was haunted. So he used to have uh, have uh, people going through there. That's where I met Dustin Perry. We were going through doing a haunt or a, a ghost hunt there. But uh, Ghost Adventures Season 1, Episode 4, has both the Houghton Mansion, which is the Mason's Lodge, and the haunted uh, train tunnel, the Hoosick Tunnel, right there in the same town. So if you check that out, you can see Uh, You'll see my co-host's face on there, but you'll you'll learn the whole story of that uh, little place, too, which I got to do. Um, One of my past guests was also Mark Nesbitt, who wrote all of the Ghosts of Gettysburg books, which are just amazing stories uh, of things happening on that battlefield, which is Probably it's my favorite place because it's where my love of Civil War history and my love of paranormal seem to just collide. And there's always stuff going on at that place. So,
1: We've talked about wanting uh, to go to some of the, like, there's also a place here called Fort Wayne in, in Detroit. And they don't they didn't have battles there, but they had a lot of people through there. And um, I believe during, like, one of the flu pan, pan, uh, pandemics back in the early 1900s had a lot of soldiers through that got sick. So they have happened to have a lot of hauntings. Mm-hmm. So like I can feel, um, it's just, I don't, I've never, I want to go on a true investigation because I want it to be like me and like two other people.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Right. I don't want 20 people. I just want me and two other people. And I literally want someone to just like, let me sit there and just s- see what I see to start. Yep. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I can't even watch most of the ghost hunting shows on TV because I just, I scream at the TV too much because they're there, you know, they're like, give me a sign. Bang. Okay. Was that you? Can you give me another sign? Was that you? Can you give me a sign? And I'm like, I said, If I was a freaking ghost, I'd be bored shitless. I'd be like, you're too stupid. I'm not wasting my time on you. I mean, ask some meaningful questions, you know. Set up your voice recorder now that you know someone is there. And what is your name? When did you live? When did you die? You know, things that you can verify instead of, was that you? You know, was that you? Can you do that again? It's like, anyway, speaking of that.
1: I've watched a lot of them, and I agree. I agree. I've watched a lot of them. Um, it's. Probably, I think one of the reasons that I like the Ghost Adventures one, though, is because you can tell they get like they get more mature with how they actually do it throughout their seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can appreciate that that learning and learning how to actually communicate better.
0: I mean that, and you get these EVPs supposedly that. Don't say anything. I mean, I don't understand a word. And they're like, "Oh, they said this. Yep, that's what they said. Yep." And then the, the group mentality comes in. As soon as someone mentions a word, everybody yep. hears it. And I'm sitting here going, "I do not hear that at all." So it's like yeah. 99% of the evidence I see on these shows, I discount. It just it. Sorry, you yep. gotta you gotta have better evidence than that. But speaking of that, um you don't need to be in a haunted house to, to, to catch things, which I learned myself years ago. Um. actually went to the very back of a large cemetery. I mean, the very back part where there is no street, no, no uh, sidewalks, no houses, no nothing. It just borders up against trees and a forest and pasture. And I sat there and we turned on a, uh, a voice recorder just to see what we would get. And um, I, I captured a clip, but I'm going to play it for you. Um, I had to uh, just, well, here. I'm going to play it with the background noise. So it was it was dead quiet there was nobody there so I'm gonna take out the noise it sounds a little tinny here because I reduced the noise but now to me that's a clear EVP. And I went back to that part of the cemetery, and sure enough, that's the section where all the infants were buried. And uh, I mean, that's what I,
1: I was like. That sounds like a um child. But yeah, was it just crazy.
0: Sounded like a baby crying to me. <laughs> um, and uh, and that type of proof I like to see, but this this stuff where they're just supposedly saying words that no one can agree on really is just I don't I, I just. Discount that. I throw that out. So, anyway, That's
1: be class
0: A. Yes, I I would consider that a class A. Yep. Anything other than a class A, nope. I don't I don't pay any attention nope. to it. Um, it's, don't get me started on the people that consider themselves experts either, because I'm like. How can you be an expert in a field where you don't even know what's right and wrong yet? I mean you cannot definitively say this piece of equipment does this or that does that, or so how can you call yourself an expert? But anyway, I've had you for about an hour now, so I suppose I should let you go. Um where can we where can people get a hold of you? Where can they find you?
1: that i always recommend starting is the website sunshine readings.com mm-hmm. you can also email me directly at sunshine at sunshine readings.com i love to tell people i answer all of those personally um so love getting emails i'm also on both facebook and instagram um sunshine readings uh, on facebook and sunshine underscore readings on instagram so you can find me in either of those places too
0: cool cool um What's coming up in your immediate future? Anything interesting?
1: I, well, you know, uh, I am going to be launching a. Well, I've launched and will be running a money magic course here in November, um, and uh, also just really excited, you know, for the Halloween time, right? So I've got me and the the group of folks that I work with. Um, they're, I, they've asked to plan it, so I'm trying to like hold my little self back, my little like. Planning self back, but uh, I think we're going to be doing a live stream on the end of the month and allow some of the psychics that are in my program to actually take questions from the audience. So that'll be, uh, they're deciding it's either going to be the weekend before Halloween or on November 1st. So one of those two.
0: Okay, that's good. So uh, eventually, once I get everything figured out and the bugs worked out here, I'd like to do uh, live shows now and then. Um, so if, uh, if you don't mind, I might invite you to one of them. If you'd like to participate. Um, absolutely. All right. So I will, uh, let you go, but I need you to hold on while everything uploads. And I will say goodbye to my listening audience out there and, uh, stay tuned. As soon as I get some more interviews done, I will get them posted and, uh, we'll see you again very soon.